This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it! He's got it! Taylor Siddle's got a hat trick on his birthday! Go! 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 Hello, all of our two slips in the gully fans, and happy St. Patrick's Day. It is our St. Patrick's Day special. Hey. And I am joined by both of my co-hosts, Captain Gary. Oh, hi, hi. Hello, boys. And Glenn, how are you doing? I'm I'm fantastic. Awesome. Yes. It's been a fantastic St. Patrick's Day, especially for me and Captain Gary, because we have partaken in the St. Patrick's festivities for most of the day. So we're having a swell old time, and yep. we're here to talk cricket. And what could be more patriotic for St. Patrick's Day than having a chat about the St. Patrick's Day miracle between Ireland and Pakistan? So we will definitely be having a chat about that. Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. And I figured for St. Patrick's Day sort of thing, we should talk about some important things that have happened in cricket on St. Patrick's Day. So after we have a bit of a chat about the St. Patrick's Day miracle, we will talk about all the other amazing things that have happened on March 17th throughout the history of cricket. And you'd be surprised there'd be quite a few things that have happened over that course of time. I'm not surprised. You're not surprised? Not even a little bit. <laughs> it's a pretty it's it's a landmark day for cricket everywhere, St. Patrick's Day, isn't it? It's a landmark day for beer, Aaron. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and and beer is present at most cricket events. Yes. Unless most, it's in the most of the ones I attend anyway. Unless it's in the UAE. Oh well. Well they don't know when it hurt them. Um, So yes He is here at uh, Two Slips in the Gully Hoping that you have enjoyed A uh, St. Patrick's Day And uh, have lived up to the festivities And hopefully are wearing green Green, green Yep. And you know, a bit of an Irish in this spirit, Irish hat. You know, we're having a good old time. Um, no, and this is, I don't know what you're talking about. This is, I'm just, I just, this, is, just my, this is my look. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tiny, the the tiny top hat is of part of Glenn's normal ensemble. So yeah, he was yeah, uh, right. quite shocked that I came and wore the yeah, same exactly. thing. Exactly, we wore the same thing. We man. nearly got into blows. You know, like <laughs> how dare you wear the same thing I'm wearing? The people who are just listening to the podcast are very, very confused right now. Yeah, you need to go and look at. The, yeah, YouTube. You, yeah, you definitely me. need to go to YouTube, YouTube and it. see what we're doing. Um, but no, so we've got quite an episode of cricket fantasticness coming your way. Um, and there's plenty of good stuff coming up right after this. Let's start that a lot. What a wonderful shot to bring it up on as well. What a moment for Michael Clark. Not just as a player, but as a captain. Here on his home ground. So, I thought we'd start off the St. Patrick's Day festivities with a blast from the past that actually happened on St. Patrick's Day, and that was Ireland's World Cup victory over Pakistan, which took place on St. Patrick's Day. 
Oh, that's that's right. that's an How omen. Is that? That's an omen if I've ever heard one. Oh, not is that their the greatest orange. victory since their victory over the over the snakes? Or oh, I think they'd probably <laughs> they'd probably rate their victory over England as a, high, a better victory. But it was certainly yeah. a very pivotal victory in, uh, especially World Cup for Ireland. Mm. World Cup history. It was quite a big right. one. I think it got them through to the quarterfinals of. Or at least it got them through the pool stages. Yeah, I, I think they yeah they qualified for the next stage, which I think was like a, a super eight kind of setup. I don't know. It was uh, it was a bit confusing back then. I did enjoy the fact that it involved um, former English nationals Boyd Rankin and Owen Morgan were playing for Ireland in this game. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they played for yeah you know, they played for England, didn't they? Well, they eventually played for England. Well, funny with, that because I'm pretty sure like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but England got eliminated in the r- round in the in the pool stages, or possibly the yeah, first quarterfinal. I, I, I do. They made all it, I remember is that they underperformed. They and they made it. Uh, they made it less than or as far as Ireland in this yeah, World Cup. Yeah. So the uh, they managed to roll Pakistan for 132, which at the time everyone was like, "Wow, yeah, wow." Uh, and that was off the back of three wickets from Boyd Rankin, um, two wickets from Andre Botha, um, two wickets from Kyle McCann. Kevin O'Brien chipped in with a handy wicket, and so uh, did Trent see, Johnson. He was in my team a couple of weeks ago. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and as you'd imagine, in an innings of 132, no one from Pakistan really stood up to be counted. Mm-hmm. I think Cameron Akmal was the highest scorer with 27. Yep. And so you're like, oh, my God, Ireland might do this. And then there was a bit of a shaky start, to be fair. Muhammad Sami, a couple of umpiring decisions here and there that were a bit contentious. Mm. Muhammad Sami with three for 29 off his 10. Um, certainly wobbled the Irish middle order a bit. But Niall O'Brien got a 72 off 107, six fours and a six. And uh, managed to steer his nation home seven wickets down for 133, mm. and and then World Cup history is made. How amazing is that? Luck of the Irish on St Patrick's Day. Mm. I reckon if it was the day before or the day after, yeah, Pakistan, no chance. Pakistan mowed them down, but they played yeah. that game on St Patrick's Day, and bang, yeah. I, history I, was made. I think I was. Oops, uh, I think I was still uh, sort of laughing about that, and then. Didn't Australia get beaten by Bangladesh in that same World Cup? No, no, we, was that, that, that was the 2007 World Cup. We went, right. we uh, we won that at a can. That's right. We won every game. Yes, yeah. it wasn't even remotely close. Mm. Sean Tate and Glenn McGrath and Brad Hogg mowed through people. Mm. And we went on away and we won a, um, it was supposed to be a day match, but turned into a day-night match against Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, where do we think this ranks as uh, part of Ireland's cricketing history? Because uh, I, I remember watching it. Well, if they would have beaten England in that test, we we wouldn't have. We, they would have topped it then. I think. Well, they did beat England in a yeah. World Cup. Was it the 2011 World Cup they beat them in India, I think? Uh, yeah. Where Kevin O'Brien had a really big innings. Yeah. I think this uh, was... He's th- a champion, man. I, I don't know. I don't think many Irish people would consider this their crowning achievement, but I do think this was a, a pivotal achievement in Irish cricket, especially in the, um, the context of their stature in world cricket. I mean, Pakistan at this point were, uh, they were one of the top nations in the world. I mean, admittedly, uh, this is before the, um, the, obviously the disaster that happened in Pakistan. So they were still playing games in Pakistan, in Pakistan at this point. Uh, and Ireland managed to beat them in a world cup and that got mm-hmm. them through. I believe that got them through to the quarterfinals. Uh, I don't, that's as far as they made it. Um, Unfortunately, but they they progressed past the pool stages, which would have been huge for them as a nation. Yeah, um, it's just really unfortunate that uh, Pakistan couldn't progress and get first well, well test status at that point because guys like Boyd Rankin and um, and Owen Morgan obviously went to see greener pastures playing for England because their careers could be furthered. But this is really the point where you know the world stood up and said, "Wow, this this Irish team's actually got a bit about it." There's there's definitely some international talent in that side. Yeah. 
um, and mm-hmm. and and started that conversation to let's have let's have test status. Let's then you know the current status of the Irish national team. I think rests a lot on. Yeah, on the likes of... On this game. I reckon on this game, if Ireland lose this game, especially after bowling Pakistan out for 130, I don't know if Ireland get test status at this point because this sort of gave them a lot of momentum. We've made a World Cup quarterfinal. We've got all these talented players. England's actually poaching our players to make this... To, to, to get, you know, these, ta- these players are good enough to represent England, who is the oldest test nation in the world. Yeah, Ireland can produce good cricketing talent. And I yeah, think but this so game... South Africa for that matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. But this game sort of pushed those players, the, the, especially this World Cup, pushed these players to the forefront. And yeah. I think that, that sort of created a whole lot of momentum for the Irish cricket team. To, unfortunately, it did take quite a number of years for this side to um, eventually get test status. But I think this is quite a pivotal game in... Ireland's cricketing history. I, I think Australians really like the Irish cricket team too because they're, they're always the underdogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We um, love an un- underdog. I, I, I think I watched um, Ireland play, take on the West Indies, and I, I think I talked about it with you, Aaron. Um, they actually beat them in, in a 50-over <laughs> game. And I was, I was so ecstatic because uh, I, think it was, I think it was Kevin O'Brien stood up. Yep. This yeah, was like, not, like not, not very long ago. <laughs> You're just but, yeah. reinforcing my my pick from yeah. a few weeks ago. I'm, but yeah, I'm he saying. was he was he, he did amazing things on the cricket field, yeah. and it was it was great to watch like mm. the underdog come out and beat. Yeah. Well, not so much the might of the West Indies at the moment, but yeah. uh, the might of the West Indies. They were certainly the and like I remember the the 2015 World Cup when they had Paul Sterling opening the batting. Um, all of us were quietly supporting. Ireland in every game, basically, they played in. I think they were in the wrong pool to play us, so that worked out perfectly. We were happy to cheer them on and everything, and they got very close to um, to beating the West Indies, and that was off the back of a double hundred from Chris Gale, if I remember. It was mm. yeah, a massive World Cup in that game. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I do think there's quite a bit of, you know, the Aussies really love us, because the Irish don't like the English as much as we don't like them, so... We always love them to watch a game where Ireland goes up against England and does a good job. I remember watching a game uh, one day, not that long ago, where um, Andrew Balburnie and a couple of others really shipped in and they chased down like 340-odd to win an ODI against England not not that long ago. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was just after the um, England-West Indies series they had this winter or their summer. Yeah, I, I and I, they they yeah. lost the first two, and like they've got some handy players. I've been keeping an eye on them playing in the, against the Bangladesh emerging side, and they've there's some handy players coming there. They've got a few uh, um, uh, Camphor is a guy I think they've they've pinched from the South African system, who's now an Irish citizen, and he will end up as an Englishman. Who's a um, yeah, not <laughs> he's a, he's a uh, he's a seam bowling all rounder. So yeah, it won't be too far away from being Englishman. I wouldn't imagine. So mm. the, yeah, I think. Well, you, I mean, you can be anywhere and be pretty close to being a yeah, an Englishman. You could, you could have represented another nation, and then the English yeah. will find some way to get you into their side. Yeah. I think it is rather an indictment on the South African uh, cricket system that the England lost against India recently. Why can't <laughs> Why can't South Africa produce players that are good know. against spin bowling? <laughs> oh man, what do you really I, think about I, that? Yeah, I don't even I don't even know where to go with that one. Uh, but no, I think uh, I think this is a, a phenomenal game. I actually remember watching this game, and you know the the West Indian uh, time frame doesn't really line up quite well. But I remember going, "Oh well, there's cricket on tonight. Who's on? Pakistan and Ireland. Ah, what the hell? I'll give it a go. Watch it. You know, otherwise I'm just going to go to bed. And then yeah, and then just watching that game unfold, it was a phenomenal game of cricket to watch, despite the fact that uh, one thirty two. So there was. 265 runs all up scored. And it was such a gripping game of cricket because you're just watching the whole way. You're like, you're watching, you know, Ireland. Oh, there's a wicket. There's a wicket. There's a wicket. Oh, oh my God. They're doing so. Oh, my God. Oh, they've rolled Pakistan for Ireland are in here. And then you're watching Pakistan do really well. Mohammed Sami and the other bowlers chipping away at um, 
at Ireland's top order and getting into their middle order, and you're like, oh, my God, Ireland are going to drop a game where they've rolled aside for 130. And then Niall O'Brien goes on, and he's just scoring and scoring, and he's doing his job and builds an innings around him and then gets – and it's just like, this is amazing. It's the Patrick's Day, and I'm watching Ireland win a World Cup game. It's phenomenal. Oh, it, was, it was well worth watching. Mm. Well worth watching. Well worth watching. Absolutely phenomenal. Do you have any other any other memories of um, Irish cricket, for, especially this time of year? We need to be talking about Irish cricket a little bit. I think. I don't know if if they had many memories of of that particular night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if there were Irish cricket fans, they'd you know it, it would have been a crowning moment. It just would have been at at that just, yeah. At that point, Irish cricket fans were going on to ESPN Crick Info to find out what the result was. <laughs> they'd yeah. wake up in the morning, they you know eat a hearty breakfast and go, how did the cricket go? And they'd flick on their phones and go, oh, well, yeah. we won a game against Pakistan. And they'd roll down to the local pub and then bang, the history would <laughs> repeat itself for the next three or four days. Well, I, I feel yeah. like they're a team that will stand up and they will fight to the, the, the bitter death. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a, well, what some teams call dead rubbers. They, oh, they're they, definitely a proud side. Oh, definitely. How, how great was Tim Murtagh taking Pfeiffer and then rolling England at Lords for what they rolled him for? What yeah. less, It was less than 100. It was like 92 or something. Yeah. yeah. Ireland invading the home of cricket. I was watching that game going, how great would it be to see Ireland win a test match against yeah. England? That would yeah. be the best. Then, Fortunately, uh, didn't quite have the batting to get it done. England rallied and <laughs> and fought back from that. But uh, there was certainly a, a warning shot fired across the English bow. I Yeah, I definitely think that there's been one or two players that you could consider world class. Um, oh, Paul, Paul Sterling's if, if they had them. If they had the right casing around them. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the problem is they, they sort of had to rely on them so much. The, the the Paul Sterling um, and the O'Brien brothers are probably the yeah and, the, and obviously uh, Owen Morgan Owen well, Morgan's going to be one of the best ODI especially the uh, short format players in the yeah. world since yeah but playing he was for England. he like literally playing for England so what yeah yeah well he he was playing count. for Ireland in this game that we're talking about so he was he's he, he represented he, Ireland. I think he only the, scored five. Ed, yeah, but we know how good Owen Morgan is. Oh, what yeah. he's come into. Yeah. Then you got guys like Ed Joyce, Boyd Rankin, who have all. Yeah. Well, Boyd, Boyd Rankin well. has been deprived of a pretty long career playing tests for Ireland by the fact that he played one test, and I think it was in Australia, for England, and that discounted him for a good, like, uh, I, however long. I think he played a few ODIs for England as well, but, yeah, he yeah. it wasn't a long career, but he sort of he, he hitched his trailer to that wagon and then didn't really get much of a burn. And yeah, I mean, he's... Out of, he, it, it, takes, it takes a heartbeat and a few breaths to get into the English side, but then if you want to leave the English side to represent another nation, it, uh, there's no fast-tracking of that. You've got oh, to wait no. the full three years oh, or whatever yeah. it is to represent Ireland and then again. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. I was actually pushing. I remember when Ireland got uh, voted for test status, England should have an amnesty going if you know Boyd Rankin or Owen Morgan or any of those guys would like to go back and play for... South play for Ireland. Ireland. Um, yeah. We'll have an amnesty, and that's you can immediately you can immediately start representing Ireland as of tomorrow. Well, they'd have no players but left. Owen Morgan obviously probably wasn't going to take that up because he was the English captain of the ODI side. But um, I'm sure Boyd Rankin would have taken that up, go back to play for Ireland again. And by the time that Test status came around, he was eligible. I don't know if he's played too many games. I, I don't know. May, I don't understand. Maybe got the one Test in. Maybe I don't understand how they keep changing the rules so they ended up with all the the uh, really good players. Like I just I just don't get it. Like I I, I understand that Australia's had. Um, Quite a few, well, South Africans basically play for us. Who, um, we had Kepler Vessels. Yeah. It was a South yeah. African national. Yeah. Who else has had to be naturalised? Well, we oh. had Farwad Ahmed, who's been yeah. naturalised to play. And he only but who played was a, a Pakistani? Of, and he only played a handful of ODIs. Um, well, they're, they're, it it comes down to the fact that, oh, he grew up, he was born in such and such. Oh, and yeah. We, was, we, like, Usman Khawaja was Usman born Khawaja, in Pakistan. Usman Khawaja, Like, they were in Australia before they turned 10. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Steve O'Keefe was born in Singapore. Steve Smith was really? born in England. <laughs> yeah. So was Andrew Simons. Those are guys that were yeah. born overseas, but 
Yeah. Like basically grew up in grew Australia. Up. Yeah. I don't well, think I think growing up's a little bit of a different story than say someone like Joffre Archer was Well Joffre Archer represented the under nineteens West Indies side. That's yeah, that's I, why there's a bit of hmm. you know pull the other leg please England when they talk about picking and they change the rules for the um for their national side. Yeah, being able to represent their national side, so it lined up that he was eligible about three months before the World Cup happened, and that oh was, yeah, and that gave him an ODI it's tour. Accidental. That they gave accidental. him an, that gave him an ODI tour to I can't remember where Sri Lanka or somewhere like that to get to you know dip his toes in the water, and then he was one of the pivotal players in the World Cup. Yeah. Mm. Oh, 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 Ben Stokes. How old was he when he moved to England? Oh, I don't think Ben Stokes. Oh, His dad still lives in always, England. We always we like, rib them about. We always ben like Stokes. to rib him about being a Kiwi, but I'm pretty sure he's been in England since he was knee high to a grasshopper. So, yeah. um, <laughs> any chance I can get to rib on England, I'll take it. Like I, I, I love ribbing England as much as the next guy, but Ben Stokes has always been a uh, always been a pom yeah. in terms of his national affiliation. He's never ever been. A, a Kiwi international, which is unfortunate because Kiwis would love a guy like Ben Stokes, but um, yeah. uh, he he spent That'd his enti- he spent his entire career being uh, an yeah, English national. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I think, is one of the uh, the pivotal moments in Irish cricket. I think it's only it's only fitting that on St Patrick's Day that uh, we have a bit of a shout out to this this Irish side, who, as Australians, we're all very fond of. Yeah, I, I don't. We think, love the underdog. We love the underdogs. I don't think you, you none of us got a problem with the Irish side. No. No. Always like to see the Irish side do well. We're always in the Irish corner. I honestly think if Ireland came over to play Australia, there'd be there'd be probably a, a fair percentage of us going, it'd be really good to see Ireland beat us. <laughs> Most of us would be like, we better beat these guys because, God damn, if we lose yeah. and we go on Facebook tomorrow and we've lost this game, I, just, I don't even think I could do it. But there'd be a part of us going, how good would it be if Ireland won this game? Like, I, really? I, I think that... I, I, I I will be brutally honest. If Ireland come to play Australia in a Test series, I think I'd have to go for Ireland. Oh, look, I can't I can't not go for Australia, but oh, like no. I'd be hoping it, they do well because because you, you, you know you know Australia's yeah. going to rail them. Yeah, you would hope that Australia didn't rail them. Yeah, like, yeah, that'd be yeah. what it was. Like, yeah. Ireland Ireland put up a fight and you know, lost. Had a, had a chance to win a Test, but then some performance from some... You know, like a Smith 100 or a Stark yeah. Pfeiffer or, you know, something like that just ripped yeah. through them and yeah. we got the job that we should have got done, done but Not just later... Not being innings and 300 Yeah, like runs. we don't want to put on 700 and then roll them twice for 400 or less than 400 sort of thing. Like, yeah. It, you know, it's just a, a, a good close I game. I will doctor our pitches, it's all right. Yeah, we... <laughs> No, it's not even funny. Not even funny. <laughs> so yes, that's that's part one. Uh, uh, before we move on, actually, I'd like to add, just so you know, a bit of trivia. Don't know if you know this. 2013, St Patrick's Day in India. Oh, I think I know this one. Oh, you think you know this one? Do you know this one? Yeah, I think so. Well, for the for the audience playing at home, I'll do this yeah. one. So just even need just to, to give it. you a bit of a background. Homework gate has just happened. Mickey Arthur has ruled a bunch of Australian cricketers ineligible. Do, do you remember who the bunch of cricketers were? Usman Khawaja, Shane Watson, and I'm drawing a blank after that. Uh, I just don't remember any others either. So it doesn't uh, but no, they they had a they had had a hand in a just a, an innocuous questionnaire about um, you know what I want to be as an Australian cricketer, what my strengths and weaknesses are, blah, 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 blah. I can understand Shane Watson not handing in at that point. It's 2013. He's been a linchpin to the side for a while. I want to stop being LBW. But Usman Khawaja, (laughs) this is one of the reasons why I have no faith in Usman Khawaja because he's a guy who's on the outside looking in and all he's got to do is just do a little bit of homework and he's in the side. And that's despite the fact that he cannot bowl, cannot field, and he's a little pudgy little bloke, but we'll pick you anyway. All you got to do is hand in a sheet of paper. doesn't do it. gets banned for the rest of the series, basically. And it just makes me shake my head to this day. A, well, A, it shouldn't have happened. Like, what a ridiculous reason to ban test cricketers. And B, how could Usman Kawaja, of all players, not be the guy that's sort of like, pick me, coach. Look at me. I'm keen and eager, and I'm really good at cricket. you got to pick me. But no, nah, he didn't do that. Irrelevant. Moving forward, enter... Stephen Peter Devereaux Smith. Oh, I love That's it. right. Devereaux. This day 
2013 is the day that Stephen Smith was recalled to the test side as a specialist batsman in India. Was it was it for a batsman? As a batsman. Not because he bowled leg spin? No, he didn't. I don't think he bowled an over in that whole test over in India, to be fair. That's probably a good idea, yep. Scored 92, which bought him a ticket to the 2013 Ashes. I remember that, Where yep. he had a pretty ordinary series, as most of the Australian batsmen did. We lost the series, but Stephen Smith scored 100 in the last test, which we drew. And what happened after that? He bought a ticket to the 2013-14 Ashes over here. And what here. happened there? We whitewashed them off the back of Mitchell Johnson figuring out that if he bowls short and fast at English batsmen, they will retire out of fear. No, it was moustache. Uh, well, yeah, well, the tash it was, helped as well. It was the tash. It was, was moustache <laughs> plus short, angry bowling. <laughs> then Jonathan Trott and Graham Swan retired Wait. in disgrace and we won the series 5-0. But Stephen Smith scored two centuries in that test series. I do remember that. And then went on to become the second best batsman that has ever lived, not named Donald Bradman. The second best batsman that's ever lived, not named Don Bradman. Well, probably the first best batsman, not named Donald Bradman, there that's ever lived. There you go. That's <laughs> what you're looking for. So this day in 2013, so not only does it have quite a pivotal memories for the Irish cricket team, but for the Australian cricket team, our Lord and Saviour, Sir, Peter Ste- Sir Stephen Peter Devereux Smith, Fought his way back into the side based off his exploits that on this day, oh, 2013. His, ex- his exploits that Kawaja didn't do his homework. Yeah, well, if he didn't do his homework, it let Steve Smith into the side. And Steve Smith's Isn't like, funny the I'm way. not being dropped again. I'm a batsman. And then he was a batsman. In, in Smith, we trust. So, we're going to march on with our uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration for all hey. things cricket. St. Patrick's Day, yeah, 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 this beer. <laughs> so, plenty of good things to talk about that happen on St. Patrick's Day. So, we don't want to keep you waiting and... And a gully, I have taken you prisoner, and I want to play a game. Your lives depend on the eleven you're about to pick. The loser will surely die. <laughs> what the hell was that? I, I, I don't know. It seems like that we've been hijacked. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> you, and, you don't seem uh, totally upset about this, Glenn. Well, look, I'm in, I'm confident in my eleven. <laughs> if it's playing for my life, I'm I'm going to win, man. Oh, so, you know, I'll be dead by the end of the day. Oh, I'm telling you now. It, it sounds like we need to pick an eleven to play for our lives. To our play lives. for our lives. Uh, well, I'm pretty old, so <laughs> <laughs> so you know. You're happy just to lean into it, you know. Uh, you, lean, you, lean into the skid, mate. Lean into it. You'll pick your third grade side. Yeah, I, I, I love my third grade side. <laughs> I am the captain of my third grade side. Yep. I can honestly say there's none of those guys in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so it sounds like yeah, we're gonna have to throw forward an eleven, and hopefully the uh, audience at home. We'll decide whether or not one of us uh, gets out of here alive, I suppose. Yeah. Who's going to die? Who's, yeah. uh, uh, I guarantee you it's probably not me. Not, probably not you? Yeah, I'm not going to no. I've, I've got a noted history of putting up sides that uh, people like to agree with, so I'm going to... Yeah, but usually that's you who likes that, to agree with them. But that's wrong. It's all my, yeah. uh, it's all my, bur- <laughs> it's all my burner Twitter accounts voting for yeah, my sides. Yeah, all 760 of them. <laughs> and the rest. Oh, <laughs> maybe sad. Yeah. Well, let's let's get to work because I I really want to go home. My uh my my little fella's waiting at home, and I certainly don't want to be uh held prisoner by some uh, incorporeal voice that's threatening our lives. Uh, yeah. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> you happy to see? I'm, I'm good. I've, I've I've got nothing. I've got. <laughs> You've got nothing on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you, do, you want, do you want me to go first with my side? Go on. Go yeah. on, Aaron. Shoot right. out. Well, um, so I've got a side that is playing for my life. Yeah. Well, one of the openers has clearly got to be Graeme Smith. Uh, yeah. Why? 
Why? Well, this is the guy that had his hand broken by Mitchell Johnson and decided to wander out at the end of the day and go, you know what? Bring it on. Okay, so the guy's playing for your life in the first innings he, and, and and something goes wrong. You've, you've got to sort of... Yeah, you, but if, you, if, you gotta, if yeah. the game is... I'm assuming it's a test match, so if I yeah. lose the test match, I'll die. Yeah. So even if I'm not going to win it, and the, the best... like He had no reason to go out. If he drew that... Yeah. If they lost or drew that game, they win the series. Yeah. And Graham Smith's like, I am not having a, ga- a South African side under my watch lose a game. He was a captain. I'm going point, out to play he, yeah. and batted. And he batted... like yeah. what We had like 21 balls left. And Mitch, mm-hmm. and he said to him... Like he even said, the ball that got him out would have got him out if he had two good hands. So yeah. mm-hmm. he hit a crack and jagged back and knocked over his stumps. I want a guy like that play... It, South Africa He's never got to lo- play for your life. South Africa never lost a game that Graham Smith scored a hundred. Mm. So well. yeah, he's definitely one of the openers for me. He okay. captained Australia. He captained South Africa since he was knee high to a grasshopper, basically. And in, in an interview, said that he got the side that he wanted less than half the time, and still managed to win all those games. So, so is uh, he your captain? He's captain, not, captain. Uh, of- I'm going to shelve that for now and see okay. who I come up with. That's but, probably um, a no. I'm okay. going to think he's, he's if he's not my captain, he's certainly my vice. All right. Did you uh, hear that disembodied voice? Yeah. 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 Take yeah. that. Take that. Yes. Graham Smith is going to screw you up. Um, I know he's not normally an opener, but I feel like the guy that I want batting next to him, right-handed, uh, in, you know, impeccable defensive technique, an absolute wall out there when he goes to bat. It's got to be Rahul Dravid. Yeah. I'm going to take Rahul Dravid as my other opener. Yeah, okay. okay. One guy's got a broken he's hand, gonna, the other one's Rahul Dravid. Yep. I he's going to set me up. He and he and Graham Smith. So he's he, an opener. He's. I'm going to bat him. He's normally bats at three, but you know what? There's not a great Your, your life is on the line. And you're he's batting out of position. Yeah. Oh, he's only batting. He batted. He opened the batting for the one-day side. Like, he, he did. Well. And he's got a really solid defensive technique, and I feel that's a guy that will help me set up and allow me then to fill my middle order with match winners, like mm-hmm. absolute match winners. And when you talk of match winners, I think the first guy that comes to mind as a match winner batting in middle order has got to be Sir Vivian Richards. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably give you that one. This is a guy that made test attacks and one-day attacks all across the globe go, come on. All why, but why, How do we get this guy All why wearing a wide-brimmed hat. He never wore a helmet. No, mm. he doesn't like, need to. I mean, you got to you got to consider also he's 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 keeping his cool under pressure. Yeah, exactly. You'd imagine this is a guy that. Like, I mean, I don't I don't imagine any of these guys wants that on their conscience. Well, the guys that they names. played a bad innings and Aaron died. One of my favourite things like, that I've ever read about Saviv Riches was a com- a quote from uh, Colin Cowdroy, how he said he was very proud to be the English captain. Walked out to 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 do the toss, and he's all done up in his whites or his creams and his English blazer and his cap. And then Sir Viv Richards rocks up in shorts, thongs, and a Bob Marley shirt to do the toss. And uh, Colin Calder was like, "Well, as the English captain, I feel I should read out the the side that I've picked, so you know who you're playing against." And he got about three names in, and then he said that uh, Viv Richards cut him off and said, "Play who you want, man. It doesn't make a difference." <laughs> this is a guy who has supreme confidence and the talent to back it up. So that's a guy who I want spearheading my counterattack batting at three. All right. Eh, fair enough. Okay. You've got a bit of balance there. Batting at four is a tricky one. You've got to have all sorts of things come to mind when you're batting at four. I'm going to go with Stephen Smith. Ooh. New guy. You know, guy hasn't retired. But when you look at it, he scored. Where are we playing, though? Where is this? Doesn't game? matter, I suppose. He scores how many runs he scored playing in Australia? He's got hundreds playing in the subcontinent. He's got double hundreds playing in England. Everywhere he goes, he scores runs for fun. Oh, like I said, I've said a number of times on this podcast. I think Stephen Smith is the best batsman since Bradman. Oh, you would marry yeah. Steve Smith if I, you could. I would, but uh, it's, 
Apparently he has a wife. Smith's well out of my league. So <laughs> I'd even I'd even rent out a hotel just so he could shadow bat and I wouldn't even expect anything other than that. I'd just sit in bat sit in bed and watch him shadow bat. Yeah, like I wouldn't sure even need you him. Would. I wouldn't even need him to put out. That's how much I'm a, a fan yeah. of Steve Smith. So and I'd he, have him at four. And he's playing for your life. He's playing for like oh, it doesn't matter where we play. Steve Smith's the guy that's going to put it on the line, and he's shown that he can come up big anywhere in the world. So yeah, okay. I'm going to take Smitty, one of the best fielders going around. You know, if I'm really desperate, I can throw in a bit of leg spin there. Yeah, and yeah. isn't afraid to bend the rules. <laughs> or isn't, wow, afraid, isn't afraid to let others wow. bend. <laughs> 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 All right, keep going, Aaron. Who um, else you got? Well, look, you, you, you want that in, in someone. Yep. So I've got five. You're playing for your life, man. Five. So I, I only have to win one test. I need a... It doesn't matter if he gets suspended afterwards. <laughs> Sorry. Five. We've got a pretty pivotal yep. spot here at five, and a guy that's okay. going to probably carry the linchpin of the, my batting order, a guy who could potentially be batting with a tail. Um, You know what? I'm going to go with Alan Border. Oh. And I think I'm going to make Captain him my captain. Captain Grumpy. Captain Grumpy. This is a guy. It doesn't that, matter. Get the job done. This is a guy that took a ragtag just down in the dumps Australian side in nineteen eighty seven. Six. Six, seven. Three mm. years later had him beating England in England with yeah. a bunch of guys that went over there and it was said uh the worst Australian side to tour England ever. Yeah. So, you know, and this is a guy. You know, 10,000 test runs, average over 50, rebuilt Australian cricket. This is the sort yeah. of guy that Taylor, Smith, uh, Taylor, uh, um, Ponting, War, all those guys can count their success on the back of the, mm. the well, good I was, deeds. I was thinking about this the other day, and, like, our side of the late 80s was young. Uh, we had talent, but it was kind of unrefined. And I'm just thinking, you know, we really needed that Alan Border, and he didn't care if people called him grumpy or he he wasn't going to just be one of the boys. He was going to sort of turn these boys into men. He won our first World Cup. Oh, yeah. So, like, this is a guy that didn't matter where he did it. And I was thinking if if, if a team like, say, Pakistan, with all the talent they had, had Pakistani and Captain Grumpy, maybe – a lot of their talent wouldn't be wasted, as as we kind of acknowledge that it is. Or even oh, if yeah. the West in the modern oh, yeah. day West Indies had a Captain Grumpy, you know, yeah, yeah. to to rebuild yeah, that yeah, side. Maybe. Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, number six, I feel I should get an all rounder in there, and there's quite a number that I want to go with, but I think the one that sticks out to mind has got to be Cigarfield Sobers. He can bowl seam up, he can bowl a bit of spin. Or he's a phenomenal batsman, a batting average of 57. He's had that game. He came off a couple of ducks. They were talking, you know, nonsense about him, you know, when he's coming over to Australia to play. He ended up with 170 ordered at the MCG or something like that. He's a guy that's got history of standing up when the going gets tough. And my life's on the line, Mr. Incoherent Voice. I want a guy that's going to stand up when the going gets tough. So yeah, fair enough. I think so Garfield Sober is being able to offer me a bit of spin. So if I go to the subcontinent, I can use him. Could both seem up, so I'm going to go to somewhere like. Um, England. and he hasn't specified where it's going to be played either. So it gives me a bit of balance, and I'm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose now it might be my wicketkeeper. Who am I going to pick as my wicketkeeper? You know, Gilly's a guy I could pick. You don't want anyone dropping catches. Alan Knott's a guy that I could. Like, think about this. Could be a catches win matches. Catches win matches. <laughs> and this is the one that you don't want to lose. Yeah, well. I'm going to go a little bit left field here because catches do win matches, but so do runs. Yeah. And there's a guy that's come around fairly recently at the wicketkeeper position that has shown a propensity for scoring big runs in big games at the wicketkeeping position. And I'm going to go with Rishabh Punt. Oh, no, Aaron. Oh, That's a big risk. Oh, you're dead. Oh. You're, you're <laughs> all going to die. You're rolling the dice. I'm yep. rolling the dice you're a little bit. hoping for a lucky seven then. You're all going to take Yeah, I'm going to no take a wickets. lucky seven. They're all going to get dropped. <laughs> you're going to be dead. Hey, he's not too bad with the quicks. He's just a little bit uh, sketchy with the... Um, um, he's not He's not bad with the quicks, but he's not good. And he can't catch anything that yeah, turns. Yeah, but he, he beat Australia at the Gabba. With the bat. With the bat. Yeah, well, we, that's that's all well and 
Well, I don't know who I'm playing against, but this is a guy that scored big runs against Australia. He scored big runs against England in England and then scored big runs against England in India when he scored more runs in his knock than most of his team scored altogether in their first knock. So this yeah. is a guy that's got Maybe. a history of going, you know, getting out there and not even not even worrying about the game situation, but just going, I'm going to do my thing and he's, I'm going to do it better than anyone he's else. He's padding his and stats he's got, is what you're saying. So not padding his stats, but <laughs> like that 100 he scored in the th- in, in against England over in India where, you know, England got knocked over for less than 150 and then India uh, got knocked over and then he comes out and scores that that 100. Like, yeah. He's a guy that's just – and he's done a – he scored 100 in England where they had no business chasing down the total and he had a partnership. I can't remember who it was with now. It might have been Kale Rahul. They both scored 100s. And I was watching that game going, India might get this. And they lost both those wickets kind of quickly and it petered so out. So you'll, you'll never feel like you're out of the game. Yeah, I think if I've got Rishab, like he's a guy who's going to, I'm going to reverse James and reverse paddle sweep James Anderson with the new ball. Yeah, he's, and he'll hit it for six. He's he's stupid. is what he is. Yep, <laughs> and, and and he's going to get it done. So I'm going to take him as wicket keeper. I know he's not the best wicket keeper going around, but if I need a fourth innings regard action to get me home, and Rishabh Pant's coming in batting with one of those guys at the top, I'm backing Rishabh Pant and any of those top six to get that job done. Well, they're out here. So it's suppose, your life. I'm supposed <laughs> I'm, into, I'm into the bowlers now batting at you're eight. De- you're the dead man. <laughs> Um, so I'm into the bowlers, and if I want a bowler who's going to be bowling for my life, I think the first person I've got to pick has got to be Sir Richard Hadley. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that one. Carried that New Zealand side through his whole career, finished his career with the most test wickets of all time. Yep. Should have should have had more wins against Australia than what he got because, you know, there might have been some questionable umpiring if we if we're honest. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's going down late, mate. Uh, do, do we have to select the umpires as well? I don't know. The, di- are, the disembodied I'm, voice said just an 11. So yeah, that's I'm, right. No 13. I'm picking our mum from right. the weekend. Okay. That's what's so going on. I'm going to Hadley at eight, at nine. I could not pick any team. If it was just a, if it was a fan selected side, the one that I'm going to pick, he will make every side, and he's close to the first person picked. And it's Ryan Harris. Oh, Rhino. As one of my bowlers, this is a guy that if he breaks his leg in the outfield. And I said to him as captain, Rhino, I need a wicket in the last half an hour of the day. I've got a broken leg. I know, but I need a wicket. He'd be like, what end do you want me from? And he'd go and get me a wicket. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I love Rhino. I'm uh, uh, There's a hill that I'm prepared to die on, that Rhino is one of the best bowlers that's gone around. He's got a career statistics that show that he's, his career – matches Malcolm Marshall at the same sort of period after the same amount of games. And Malcolm Marshall is considered by many players and, you know, you know, people who study the game as one of the best bowlers of all time. You know, the first time we we saw Ryan Harris play a game, me and you both walked into the SCG and he hit a six over our head. Yep, and that yep. was the first six of that game. It was an ODI and yep. it got washed out yep. and we had to drive home. It was terrible. Um... So that's number nine. And and Ryan Harris is pretty handy with the bat. So if I need a regard action to help Richard Punt get us home, you know, Ryan Harris is no mug. So yep. number 10, I'm going to go with spinner. And I don't see how I can't go with the best spinner of all time, which is Shane Warne. Oh, Shane Warne, you reckon he's the best spinner of all time? He's unquestionably the best spinner of all time. And, and yet you've heard his commentary and you know the bloke. If you... And- Look, Shane uh, Warne is and, a, Shane Warne his is, life is in your hands. Shane Warne is at best an average human being. Well, is yeah. is he got duct tape on his mouth? This is a guy that took forty wickets in an Ashes series. This yeah. is a guy that orchestrated the amazing Adelaide Test when everyone said, "Oh, it's going to be a draw." Let's is he allowed to talk? Like, he can do whatever he wants as long as I don't die at the end of the game. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a strange, I don't care Australian if he, I don't the care if he brings the hooker onto the field. Oh, they probably they were probably like, oh, we're not quite sure about that show. So, I mean, uh, so long as he wins me the game, he's yeah, fine. Another argument for you is, I mean, he is likely to go out and drink in between days, but 
We'll have he a fronts up even when he's hung over. Yeah. Uh, and takes wickets, and which is really annoying. And you got to respect that in a bloke. I mean, are you, are you letting him field at first slip? Uh, oh. Not if not if the uh, po- the opponent has Kevin Peterson in his lineup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think my number 11. Oh. oh, there's so many players that I could have picked. You, I've you, got to get this one right. You need to pick the right person. That's right. Um, You'll be dead, bro. Dead. I, I believe that disembodied boy. I, I gotta take. I gotta oh, yeah. take twenty wickets. So I need to make sure that the guy I pick is going to help me take twenty wickets. There's so many guys I could pick, but I feel that I'm going to go with Curtly Ambrose oh. because any bloke that can take seven for one to win a test, call him a name, or, or any a bloke that um, gets upset because he can't wear the white wristband that he wants to wear and then rolls aside, you fire Curtly Ambrose up, and I don't even need to worry. He'll win the game for me on the Call first day. Call him a name, and he will take ten wickets for exactly. Nothing. If someone goes, if someone from the disembodied voice calls me a name, or calls him a name, I should say, and gets his arcs him up, he can win me the game in the first session, and then I can just go and sink beers in the in the in yeah. the pub until the game's all wrapped up. Aaron's going to sink beer, huh? Anyway, that's well, that's my I reckon, eleven. I reckon you're going to die. You reckon I'm going to die? Yep, you'll be dead. <laughs> All right, well, what's your team then? I, I'm going to pick my little old lonesome, my opening batsman, hand on heart, Buck Rogers. All right. Love the Buck movie Rogers. star? No, Aaron. Rogers, played for Australia. Oh, Chris Rogers. Yes. Right, Captain Australia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he's captain. We call him. No, he's Captain he Australia, but he, yes. He wasn't. We call him um, Captain Australia on this podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. he also dances like a... Demon, it's great. Um, and uh, my other opener, Alistair Cook, the guy that played for England forever, as and led. Well, he led yeah. the team for how long? Long time. Mm-hmm. Retired their leading run scorer. Yep. Yeah. Dis- disembodied voice eleven is bowling to his cover drive all day though. Eh, don't care. <laughs> um, he doesn't have one. Well, he can bowl to his cover drive all day because he'll just play it off onto the leg side. <laughs> Um, and then just, you know, some... Alistair uh, Cook's not that good. He can't play a cover drive ball with the legs on. He'll just leave it. Yeah, well, he will. And he'll wait for the one that he needs. I, see, you, you're looking at it as, oh, we need to win this game. They need to beat us, Aaron. That's All right. What, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. So you're playing for the draw. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, we he's, could playing, be play- he's playing not to lose. We're playing in England. We could be playing in England. Yeah. Where, you know... We need to play one day worth of cricket. Well, well, we could be playing in India at this point in time yeah. where we might need to bat for five days. Oh, that's like a cook. Um, then I'm going to bring in probably the best batsman behind Sir Donald Bradsman, Bradman, um, uh, Brian Lara. Um, the only batsman I ever feared when he come to the middle was Brian Lara. Um mm. very close behind for Coley. I mean there's yeah. no there's no doubting his class, but I feel like Brian Lara was amazing on his day. Yeah, he was amazing on his day. However But when it wasn't his day, he'd often go early. Yeah, but he'd also he also played against some of the greatest bowlers to ever play the game. Let's be brutally honest. Well, I mean, McGrath. McGrath had his measure. McGrath, Warren. Yeah. Um, Donald. So, yeah, Alan, Alan Donald. Yeah. Like, uh, that, these guys weren't Muppets. These no. these are some of the greatest bowlers to ever play the game. McGrath does have him more than any other bowler in the world, though. So. Well, McGrath is an, also an opening bowler, and he yeah. batted at three. McGrath would rip through a cook, though. Yeah. Yep. It's all right. There's a chink. I'm, I'm pretty sure we could probably fix Dis- that. Disembodied 11. You're seeing a chink in the armour. Oh, yeah. Keep it coming because then <laughs> I've got Jack Callis, um, known to score a run or two. Um, he's from South Africa, so he's hard. Yeah. Um, also bowl a little bit. Does stuff. Yeah. He, does, mean, he does Jack stuff. That's that's a pretty obvious choice. Oh, me. well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, Just um, reliable. Captaining my side is the the most fearsome captain that's ever played cricket, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I know a guy by the name of Steve War, right? And if you guys don't believe me, like, oh, I, 
or understand that Steve Wall was scary, talk to anyone from the 90s, mm. 2000s. Yeah. Steve Wall was was a god and will still be a god in my mind for the till the day I die. Um, uh, so bowlers. Um, um, actually, do you have a do you have a keeper yet? No. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, I should probably think about that. That's an oversight. Oh, well. Um, that's five though. He's only at five. He's got. Oh, okay. Um, You're at five. I think I need more bat batting. Okay. Um, yep. Let's go Flintoff. Freddie Flintoff from Ooh, England. Oh, he's a big game performer. He's hurt us in the Ashes a couple of times. Well, the he, 05 uh, and the 09 Ashes, he, he stood up big. He definitely leads side. He, he, he leads lead, he led that team for years. He, oh, well, I don't maybe, he, maybe the bowling attack. Yeah, yeah. Well, not the batting. Yeah. Clearly not the batting, but... Yeah. Um, I still don't have a keeper, do I? No. Um... Who would be the best keeper to come out of India? Why? Why does it need to be India? Well, why not? It, it has to be. Uh, well, it has to be Donny. Donny'd probably be the best guy. Big MS. Yeah, Is I know that, he retired recently, so he'll pull the pads back on for me. It's a test match, though. Don't care, MS Donny. MS Donny. He will score a hundred and fifty in a hundred balls. Yeah, and so long as it's in India. Yeah, don't care. So, so you're going for him when it matters. Well, I'd rather him score 150 in India than score 100 in Australia. He's never uh, done that. Yeah, I know. That's what, he's, what's, he's ne- what? he, name a country that's not India and I'll tell you if you scored 100 there. Uh, I think I know the, where this is going. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, bowlers. I, 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 cannot, I cannot go past Sir Richard Hadley. Led, led the New Zealand team for years and years. Um, more bowlers, more bowlers. Um, you know what? I think after watching the Ashes from, oh, I can't remember what year it was. Aaron, help me. Um, the Banana Man, the 2010-11 Ashes. I think it might have been. Yeah, the the hat trick that's in our um, opening intro. Yep, that 10, one. the 10-11 Ashes, mm. the Banana Man, the one yeah. that we lost. Three games by innings. Yep. I, I, I can't not have Peter Siddle in my team. Well, yeah. he's lion-hearted. He's going to charge in. Yep. He he will bowl until I tell him to stop. And then yeah. he'll bowl on extra and over just for yeah. measure. Just 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 to make, make me feel better about myself. He'll bowl offies from the other end. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then eat a banana and go back and do it all again. Yeah, um, actually, you want the Peter Siddle before he started eating bananas. If, I'm, if, if we're being yeah. brutally honest, he was yeah. pretty average. The more he, filled out kind of chunky. Yeah. You want the meat eating Peter Siddle, but yes, I get what you're saying. I was going to go somewhere with that, and I'm going to leave it right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, probably bowlers. Um, 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 you, you, oh, Glenn McGrath. You, you can't. You can't not have a yeah, team. He, I nearly went with him. Glenn McGrath. I nearly went him. But I I met Glenn McGrath once at uh, a big uh, uh, McDonald's, and I was I was inebriated at the time, you, and I, I wouldn't talk to him because you, he was I was drunk. You wet yourself a little bit, yeah. There was there was we, there was lots of we. Um, and for my life, jeez, I don't have a spinner. Um. I don't want Shane Warne in there because he'd probably side with the bad guy. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he wants to see a guy die. Yeah. <laughs> don't say that. I've got him. <laughs> probably mutilitering. Um, he he might throw the ball. He 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 might be a dirty dead set cheat. But um, yeah, I think I need him in my side. He he he. All he's got to do is get through one test. Yeah, one test. Just throw it down there, son. Just throw it down there. If Daryl Hare's not the umpire, then you'll no. get away with it. Uh, you right. watch, no one more like it. It'll be Daryl Hare from both ends. No ball. <laughs> yeah. well, the, the disembodied board of directors is, is not going to uh, oh, they're gonna, 
So Didn't Daryl Hare get done earlier for um, embezzling from the company that he works for? Oh, probably. I think he paid it all back, but like he definitely got caught. You know, he doesn't live too far from here. Mm. Yeah. So he could be. If the disembodied voice is evil and you're going to pick an evil umpire, what better one than someone that's going to steal from his own place of employment? He, You might get him. Wow. We should nullify your uh, Muralithrin pick. Yeah. You Wait, take, you're hey, taking the risk. Rolling the, the dice. Rolling the one. dice. Same as I roll the dice. With Chris Rogers part. is like a samurai. He'll dance his way out of problems. That's yeah. okay. Well, that, that, that comes down to you, Glenn. Who's the All team right. that you're going to pick yeah, to okay. save your life? Well, who are you going to die right. to, Glenn? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, let me just... Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to go... Justin Langer is going to open the batting. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. The yeah, guy has sad. been hit in the head. He's been battered and bruised and kicked he, over trash can bins. Yep. Um, faced the West Indies at their absolute pinnacle as a very young man and came out still looking all right. Yeah. Um, because he had Matthew Hayden at the other end. Yeah, but Hayden is not, I mean, he's just not the guy that you want to pick as one test. Stats really don't matter in one test. Yeah. You just you want, gotta, you want the guy the who's going to go 110% and all the, yeah. That's a good pick. I like that. You know, even Jay. when he got knocked out, he wanted Ponting to throw him out He there was going to never talk to Ponting again if Ponting didn't send him out if they needed him. He said that like yeah. the day after on Nine News. If Ponting didn't pick me to go out to bat if I was needed, I was never speaking to him again. And that... Yeah. That was the captain of the side. <laughs> yeah. All right. Continuing on, uh, got to have Sonny Gavaskar. Uh, was successful against that West Indies side. We've covered this before. In the West Indies, too. In the West Indies. He's a tiny little pocket rocket of a guy and stood up to the biggest of, of the big, you know. First uh, first test batsman to score 10,000 um Test match runs, so yep. the first member of that of that club, and we t- typically put the the very best of the best. Mm. That's a benchmark they need to hit. If you've hit ten thousand runs, then you're definitely in the running to be one of those guys we talk about as being one of the best test players ever. Yep. Obviously, Bradman is the exception, only having enough tests. Uh, to Bradman score. is the exception to everything. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> but we, we certainly hold that as quite a big landmark to get to, 10,000 test match runs, and he was the yep. first guy to do it. I'm only 10,000 away, boys. Yep. Okay, moving on. Uh, I'm going Ricky Ponting at three. That's a bit more of an obvious, a bit more of an aggressive pick. But, you know, even when you're playing for your life, you've got to have someone ticking the score over. Um, He's a guy that's come up big for Australia a bunch of times. So. Yep, you Is remember he play that. A pull shot? Is he going to play a pull shot? Uh, it's well, Ricky Ponting. Of course he's going to play yeah, a pull exactly. shot. Oh, he is. Yeah. He's going to get hit in the head without a helmet and tell the bowler to go back and bowl. Um, so, yeah, I just want people that tough. Uh, next, uh, VVS Laxman. Um, the one-off. And innings down. We all remember that happened almost 20 years ago. Uh, I think almost to the day. Not the co- yeah, almost to the day of the coal cutter. So as annoying as that was uh, when we first watched it because it was against Australia. And then after that, we didn't follow on. We didn't make a side follow on for nearly two decades. Yep. And that is largely due to VBS. Yeah, good so on you, VBS. Someone who can affect a side like that. You're going to have him at four. Uh, I also had Steve Waugh, uh, so you can't have him now. I have, I've vetoed that. No. Um, <laughs> he would probably captain the side. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that Yep, one. and I'm going to have uh, also Shivnarayan Shandipal. Oh, that's a nice pick. He's low in yeah. the order. Yep. These are guys Look, that would I, bat I forever. Like, I feel like Shandipal... I know that, that everyone raves about Lara, but Chanderpaul was around for longer than anyone. I think he made his debut at 19, and he was still playing for West Indies at the age of 40. Finished uh, with a career average over 50, and he batted when the Windies were very bad. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did, yeah. Um, I remember a, a few times where Lara went early, and Chanderpaul was the real thorn in the sign to remove. Uh, so, again... 
My phone's just died, so I'm going from memory. You can edit that out later if you want. Um, my keeper is Moen Khan from Pakistan. Oh, that's an um, interesting choice. Look, yeah, nobody sort of thinks about Moen Khan when we, we talk about the greatest, but again, we're, we're thinking about who is going to perform on any given day for this particular 11. Um, and I think Moen Khan was a very good keeper because people don't remember him. Um, and when you don't remember someone... Uh, when you don't remember a keeper, it usually means they were pretty tidy. And I, I just remember him just being tough as boots, scoring important runs. Uh, so then uh, I'm going to go to eight and I'm going to have Anil Kumble. Oh, yeah, the only guy to get a, a test tenfer in a, yeah. in a single inning. I mean, he's, you just give him the ball and he's going to get you the 20 wickets and you really don't need that many other bowlers. No. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> So just no. fill, fill the rest up with, yeah, just batting. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, so I mean, what do you say about Anil Kumble, uh, a gentleman of the game? But that didn't mean that he was uh, a pushover. He was a real competitor for a number of years and took it around the world, even when it was tough. He found a way. Um, yep. Uh, now uh, number nine. I'm going to go with Merv Hughes just because oh. I just think I just think Merv is going to he's going to do it on the day. Well, he's oh, a guy that had to bowl the Viv Richards and did it well, without complaining and just ran yep. in. As long as they don't have I pies, mean, any any right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he carried around that much weight and I know that you know you don't have to do that <laughs> um if you're you're fitter, but I mean to have the uh, character to carry that frame around with him for five days and make that your career, um, I think it's it shows character. And the stash. He had the stash. And, you know, his batting was pretty good too. He could, could hit a ball, you know. So there's that. Uh, next. Still going from, from the top of my head here. Uh, Courtney Walsh. He'll probably bat 11, actually. Uh, so I'll I'll think about what the other guy was. But Courtney uh, didn't go for Ambrose. Could have gone for a few other West Indians. But uh, Courtney Walsh had the uh, highest wicket for wickets for uh, fast bowlers for a long time. He played a long time for West Indies. He was the captain of West Indies late in his career as well. Um, and I just think he's someone that can be relied on again. Um Yep, so I'm taking Courtney Walsh. All right, who's your last pick, Glenn? Dale Stain. Um, what can you say about Dale Stain? He's going to get your wickets and not go for many runs. And at the end of the day, that's that's the objective. Well, uh, I'm a big fan of Dale Stain. I put him up there in the, the, the top several fast bowlers of all time. He's always a guy that always seemed to have an extra gear when you needed it, you know, mm-hmm. He'd come in and bowl that line and length, bit hint of swing that you needed early on. And then if things were going, he'd always have that one where oh, I just need to bowl short and angry. And he just yeah. always seemed to have a level where he could just have that extra steps. Like, I need you to be angrier and bowl meaner. And he'd just be like, you want me meaner? All right, all right. And he'd go back to his mark and he'd be like, I need to be meaner. And he'd have a meaner. And then he'd run in bowling over. And then Graham's would go, I need you to be meaner. And he'd be like, all right, meaner still. And he'd... Mm. Always have that extra. He'd almost intimidate that disembodied eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. Scare the life out of him, like they did, like he did to us. Yeah. Uh, if Dale Stain's body held out, he no one would be talking about James Anderson if his body held out because he would have monstered that five hundred wicket mark. Well, unfortunately, being a fast bowler, his body didn't quite hold out to play Test cricket, but he still ended up with over four hundred wickets at. You know, an average around 22 and a strike yeah. rate that's phenomenal. And the risk of injury, I think it's just a risk you have to take. We all had injury-prone players in our sides, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, they only have to hold up for one test. Yeah, just Band-Aid. Just Band-Aids. Get me through five days. Band-Aids and gummy yeah. bears, my friends. Band-Aid and gummy bears. All right. All right, so 
there we go. Those are the teams that we would pick when our lives are on the line. So hopefully, Mr. Disembodied Voice, that is enough to secure our freedom. We'll throw it to you guys at home. Which of us do you think has played the best side that would get us through Mr. Disembodied Voice's threat? Which one of us gets away with our lives with the 11 that we pick? Oh, Aaron's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Propaganda won't help you here, mate. This is up to our audience at home. Propaganda machine, my friend. Propaganda machine. (laughs) That brings our St. Patrick's Day episodes to a close. Please join the conversation. Which one of us has got the best side? Talk to us on YouTube. Talk to us on Facebook. Talk to us on Twitter. Get involved with the conversation. Have a chat. Who we're do you all think still are, alive so far. We're all still alive so far, but we need your help to make sure that none of us uh, meet a fiery end. And uh, feel free to throw in there. Who would you pick if your life was on the line to win you a test match? That'll do from us for this week. We hope to hear from you telling us which one of us done a great job. Um, we want to give a good luck to Captain Gary that if he gets out of this alive, he does have a semi-final to play for his cricket this week. <laughs> I actually do, yeah. And uh, from me and Glenn, you know, you know you like us the best. <laughs> That'll do from us. Right. We hope you've had a good week and bye for now. See you guys. Bye. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.